Welcome to episode 52 of How About Them Huskies. I'm Connor. I'm joined by Matt and Andrew. And we got one of our biggest episodes of the year so far, the Big East season preview. We're going to talk about all 10 teams the Huskies are going to face over the next few months. Obviously, conference play kicks off tomorrow or today, depending on when you're watching this, against Seton Hall. We'll get into all the teams very shortly. But first, since we last talked, our last episode was that Gonzaga preview. Obviously, there was a Gonzaga game. UConn went out to Seattle and won 76-63, defeating the number 10 Gonzaga Bulldogs and moving to 10-1 and in non-conference play, completing their non-conference schedule. I want to start with, with that, with you guys. Well, how do you feel after seeing that game, obviously, going out west, playing a top-10 team, and pretty much handled them from the tip? I mean, it's plain and simple. We're just a really good team. Like, Gonzaga looked decent. I mean, I'm not, I, I think they're a different team than last year. I think they're really missing Timmy, and Gonzaga fans are going to realize that once they get into March, how much they actually miss him. But honestly, the short and simple answer is just we are just a really, really good team again. And we've showed it numerous times. I mean, I'm kind of happy we lost a Kansas game because if we didn't, we wouldn't have anything to try to work on. I mean, there's plenty from that game that we could work on, but it's just plain and simple. We're really good again. Yeah, and I'm not quite sure how we're still ranked fifth behind teams like Houston. Uh, it doesn't make much sense to me, uh, considering that we've beaten three top 25 teams, two top 25 teams. And that game with Kansas wasn't even like, – like that was a game that we easily could have won. So I, I honestly feel like we, we should be a top three team. I think we're better than Purdue. Uh, the only team that I feel like could really be above us is Kansas. So, um, I mean, I – I said even before the Gonzaga game, you know, that could be a 15-point win, one by 13. So I don't give myself a few flowers, but, <laughs> yeah, it was a good win. Yeah, you don't want to get me started on the Houston being ranked ahead of us. They haven't played a top 25 team yet. Their best win was at Xavier, who, as you'll find out shortly in this preview, that's not a great Xavier team. But back to this Gonzaga game, yeah, I learned a lot about both squads. I learned Gonzaga's not as good as I really think they are. I mean, they only took 12 threes and made two of them. None of their guards made a three. It's just a weird – it's a weird way to play basketball, I feel like. Ryan Nembard, obviously the Creighton transfer we all know. He I don't remember him last year being strictly a I'm going to drive and post up down low type of point guard. Like it seemed like he did every possession. But overall, great win. Klingon had his best game against a good team in his career, 21 points, 8 rebounds. He – he was due for a game like this against one of these top teams. He kind of struggled versus Kansas. He struggled versus Carolina. He even struggled in the um, what's it called at MSG, the Empire Classic as well. But he really needed that. Let's see who else. Caravan at eleven. Cam Spencer had fifteen. Diara was huge off the bench. Nine points, four rebounds. Just an overall great team effort and a much needed win, in my opinion. And Cam Spencer is becoming a uh, pretty consistent 15, which is honestly a lot more than I, you know, expected from him. I expected him to be more of a H10 guy each night. But, I mean, he's quickly solidifying himself as one of our best players, and I love to see that. Yeah, another thing to talk about, obviously we talked Castle. He's been back for now. At that point, 10 days, we were debating would he be in the starting lineup. We all pretty much agreed he would. I said I wouldn't be surprised if he wasn't, and lo and behold, solo ball made the start. I, I'm curious to see what happens for Seton Hall. I mean, I'd assume Castle. I'm a lot more confident he'll start that game than I was that he would start the Gonzaga game, and obviously he didn't. But I don't think this is a scenario where like 
he's just going to keep Castle off the bench until either Ball really struggles or we lose. I feel like, remember last year, Andre Jackson broke his wrist or thumb, whatever it was. He started off the bench. He came off the bench in the, the PK Invitational out in Oregon, and he came off the bench for a couple more games, I feel like, than he was back in the lineup and the rest is history. But Castle will be a starter for this team. Solo Ball deserves to be a starter, but I think he's going to unfortunately be coming off the bench, which is huge for us because he will bring instant offense off the bench. He only took and made one three against Gonzaga, but he's good to make two, maybe even three per game. He saw it against Carolina. But yeah, overall, I feel like there's not much more to say from this Gonzaga game. Obviously, the Zags and Tom Watson had 20 points for them. He's a guy I didn't really pin as a scorer, but he got his free throws and he made seven and nine. He had 20, like I said, Nembard had 15, and no one else was in double figures. So overall, a great win against a team that even if they're not as good as I feel like they are, they're not as good as last year. They're still a top 25 team. You had to go six hours on a plane to play, and you handled them. So all in all, that's a really, really good win, a great way to close non-conference. Nine and two would have been fine, but 10 and one, I mean, I'm excited for Big East play. Speaking of that, let's get into it. Big East play, 20 Big East games plus Big East tournament. It's gonna, it's a really interesting league. There's a lot of great teams, a lot of not so great teams. We're gonna go in order here from when we first play them. Obviously, Seton Hall would be our first game, and our last team we'll preview today is Marquette because unfortunately we don't play them until February, which is which just sucks for everyone involved. It's pretty much two months away. But yeah, we'll start with Seton Hall. I'm I'm gonna talk about when we play them, what their kind of rank is, and who they played, and just a little bit more than. Matt and Andrew can add their thoughts as well. This is might be a little bit of a longer episode. Obviously, you see, you saw it when you clicked the length of the video. It might be long. I don't know, but we'll start with Seton Hall. They're currently seven and four. We play them obviously tomorrow, the twentieth away and senior night at home, March third. The net ranking has them at ninety five. Ken Palm eighty four. That's the two metrics we'll be looking at today. They're one and four against Power Five competition. They beat Missouri, but lost to Rutgers, Baylor, USC, and Iowa. So, all their wins, or yeah, all their wins, six and zero, are against um those weaker teams, except for Mizzou, who they beat this past weekend. They got a big three: Dre Davis, Alamir Dawson, a guy who's always killed us over the past couple of years, Kadari Richmond. Yeah, I remember he had a great game against us. I believe two years ago it was right after we got back from a COVID break. He beat us out in Newark. But they're not that deep, especially in the front court. I feel like this is one of the few teams that isn't deep in the front court in the Big East. I feel like Donovan and Samson are going to have their way tomorrow and in that other matchup. Overall, they're not they're not a great team, in my opinion. I feel like they're certainly in the bottom portion of the league. I feel like there's three tiers in the Big East. I think they're in that third bottom tier. But remember, they beat us last year in Jersey. They beat us at the buzzer. That was a weird, very, very weird game. Hurley didn't coach. Kamani Young didn't coach. It was a tip in at the buzzer. We were up by like 20 at one point. It was just probably the worst game of the year besides that St. John's game. But yeah, either you guys have any thoughts on Seton Hall? Yeah, I don't like underestimating Seton Hall, uh, especially, you know, they're kind of rebuilding their program like we did a few years ago, Shaheen Holloway and over there. So, I mean, I, I like him as a coach. He's a gritty guy. Obviously, took St. Peter's to the Final Four Elite Eight. I can't remember exactly where they lost out, but they're not to be slept on. They beat us last year. We had a really good team last year. And like like you know, uh, these in-conference games are always tough. So when you come up against a uh, kind of tough-nosed team, things can, you know, end up not going the way you want. So I'm just hoping that we come out first game of the uh, in-conference season. I like that we got them so we kind of can 
you know, make a statement. Yeah, they're a team that no matter how bad they are, we're never going to really crush them. I mean, it goes all the way back a long time before we even got into the American back in the old biggies that we've we're never we're never going to crush them because they're always going to give us problems. Hallway's a fantastic coach, like Matt said. And I also agree that I like having them in the first game so we can get all of our problems versus the Big East teams out against this team because they are really not great. I mean, they've got that big three, but Richmond can't do it all. And you're really going to need help from guys like Dawes. So I I think we'll beat them both times, but they definitely are not to be overlooked because they're just like last year. I still don't know how they beat us in that game, but they're they're not to be overlooked, but I still think we'll we'll handle them pretty easily. Yeah, I feel like this first game, our first game of Big East play is one of the few trap games, which they could easily drop it. They shouldn't, but they could. I mean, we haven't really seen Big East competition, obviously, in a while. And we've kind of not struggled versus Big East competition, but we were on our whole historic 27 game, whatever was game winning streak versus, that was against non-conference. Big East, we were like, I should know what we were last year. We were like three or four seed in the Big East tournament. I'm pretty sure the four seed actually, because we played Providence in that four or five game. So obviously these Big East games don't come as easy to UConn as the as the non-conference do, which is not saying non-conference came easy. They had to work for those, but you you guys know what I'm saying. But Seton Hall's that first game. And then three days later, this upcoming Saturday, another revenge game, as in a game we lost last year. St. John's comes back to the XL Center. Last year, that was a very tough loss to see. Obviously, it was by 15 points or so, I believe, to a mediocre St. John's team. But they're interesting this year. They're very different. There's a brand-new head coach, Rick Pitino. The roster is pretty much flipped upside down. We play them, obviously, the 23rd of December at home, and we also play them at home March on uh, February 3rd at Madison Square Garden. The net ranking is 64, and their Ken Palm is 60. They're right in that sixty top 60 range, obviously – Probably not where they want to be because they had envisions of top 25 with Patino and all these transfers. They're three and three versus their better portion of the non-conference schedule. They beat North Texas, who's now in the American. So I'll count that as their better portion there in the AAC. They beat Utah and they won at West Virginia, but they lost first Dayton, Michigan, and most recently Boston College, who is we know BC. They're not a good program. That's that's a bad loss for Rick Patino's squad, but Joel Soriano, we know him, the big man. He's still having a – he's elite still. He's having a great year, 18 and 10 and a half rebounds average. But the rest of the guys, I don't want to say they're kind of they're kind of mid, but, like, they brought in mid-major transfers, and they're kind of – I don't know. It's weird, obviously. Nahima Lean's a name. He's not a mid-major transfer. He's a former Husky. I'm curious to see what they do on Saturday for him. I'm sure he'll get his ring. They'll do something among the sorts. But guys like Jordan Dingle – who came from Penn, uh, Danis Jenkins from Iona, and Chris Ledlam from Harvard. They're all averaging double figures, but like, there's no clear second-best player behind Soriano, and I feel like that'll hurt them. But what do you guys think about St. John's? They're an interesting team. I didn't mention they're 7-3 and three on the season, so not bad. But Yeah, I feel like we definitely caught them last year at our own personal rock bottom of that season. Uh, I mean, that game was pretty embarrassing. We had the Hassan, the infamous Hassan Diara missed dunk, which constantly comes up over and over again. But I, like I said about uh, the Seton Hall game, it's good to have games like this early on. That way, when 
you're kind of in the thick of things. You don't have like a trap game like this. Um, obviously, I mean, every team has their trap games, but I like to see, you know, Seton Hall, St. John's, DePaul, first three games. Let's get all the weird stuff out uh, the first few conference games so we can go into games uh, against better opponents with more seasoned players and, you know, more moments. I actually think that's going to be a really good game at uh, XL. I know I'm going to be there. Connor, you're going to be there probably. I don't know if Matt's going to be there yet, but uh, I can't wait for this one because it's just, this is the first time where St. John's was actually looked at as being decent. I mean, with all the players they had last year, their coach was so bad. Mike Anderson, he was awful. I mean, he was one of the worst coaches I've ever seen. And I feel like if they had Patino last year, they could have been a top 35 team. But the big thing for St. John's is R.J. Lewis, who scored 14 points in their opener, still being hurt. I forget what exactly happened to him, but he's out for a couple months. He won't play against us. But I agree with Connor that there's no real second best player behind Soriano. But still, I think Soriano is going to give us problems. But St. John's, this isn't their year quite yet. Uh, I think if they bring in some better transfers, next year will be their year. But this year, not quite. But they'll still – I think they'll be around the 5-6 mark in the Big East year. Yeah, I agree. I feel like they're firmly, as of now, in that middle tier. We're kind of building the tiers as we go. And you mentioned, obviously, Mike Anderson was the coach last year. Some of the guys that transferred out are really balling this year. Posh Alexander's at another Big East school we'll get to very shortly. He's had a triple-double earlier this year for his team. I mean, A.J. Store out in Wisconsin, he's a guy I wanted UConn to look at as a shooter. He's having a great year. All these guys are, like, doing well. Andre Curbelo, he, we all know Curbelo. He made his debut last night for Southern Miss. He's He's awesome. He's awesome for the game, even though he has some antics, but... St. John's, if they had Patino, like you said, I think they're easily a tournament team last year with the the unit they had. But that's enough St. John's talk for now. As Matt mentioned, our first three games, the third is against DePaul and DePaul, 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 DePaul. We play them on the 2nd of January, our first game of 2024 at home, and then Valentine's Day out in Chicago. Their net ranking is 270. That is out of like 300, not even 360, or around 360. That is, yikes. At least in Kempom, they're 215, so top 250 in the country there. But if we lose either of these games, I feel like they'd be one of the worst losses in program history. That's not really exaggeration in my opinion. They did, however, beat Louisville in their, for their most recent win. So I don't know who that says more about DePaul or Louisville, but... There's not much to say about them. I'll talk about a couple of guys. They have two guys averaging double figures, Chico Carter, who transferred in from South Carolina, and Jeremiah Odin, who transferred in from Wyoming. But we're not going to really beat around the bush. They suck. They're awful. I I thought they'd be a little better than 2-8 and eight up to this point. I didn't think they'd finish higher than 10th in the Big East. They're going to finish 11th, more likely than not. But, yeah, DePaul's not great. I'm just, I don't think Tony Stubblefield, he's a great guy. He's It's not his fault the team's bad. Like some coaches, I feel like it's their fault, but I don't think he'll be the coach there much longer. But, yeah, these should be two very easy wins. Yeah, and if the best thing to come out of DePaul over the past five or ten years has been Max Struess, I feel like that says a decent amount about your organization and your team as a whole. Uh, They need a lot more than a good coach to fix their issues. So I – um. 
personally think that, you know, they're, they're the gutter. They're the bottom of the Big East. Um, should suit these games. I like you said, not much to say. Yeah, I got to agree with Connor. Let's not waste time here. Obviously, they, they stink. Uh, we were up like 95 to three at halftime against them last year at home. But uh, they're just, oh gosh, they're, they're a weird team. I mean, I just don't understand how they could be so terrible. It doesn't make sense. Uh, I, I got no idea. I got, I got nothing. Let's, let's, let's go to the next one. I think the Big East should explore a trade. I mean, you see Dayton, they're a solid program in the A-10. You see some of these other, even like a Richmond, just get DePaul out of here. Send DePaul to the A-10. Why not? Who I wouldn't complain. I'd much rather play Dayton at home and go out to Ohio than play, than play DePaul. But this clip's going to go viral when on January 2nd, we lose by 15 to DePaul. But... Let's move on to a, a, another team that could potentially trap us, the Butler Bulldogs. I don't think I really expected to say that going into the year, but Butler's 9-2 and two on the season. They've only lost two games. We're 10-1. and one. We're the best record. Butler's right behind us, tied with a couple other teams. We play them on January 5th, a Friday night out at Hinkle, and then we play them uh, February 6th at home. I believe that's a Tuesday night, but... They're four and two versus top competition this year. They're the real deal. They beat Boise State. They beat Cal. They beat Texas Tech in a thrilling game. They also beat Penn State down in Orlando. Their only losses are to top twenty, well, at the time top twenty teams, Michigan State and FAU. FAU still there. Michigan State is in the gutters, except they had a big win versus Baylor. So that says a lot about Baylor. But for Butler, they got two guys really that are balling out. Pierre Brooks and Jameel Telford. They're each averaging over 15 points per game. Pierre Brooks transferred in from Michigan State. Telford transferred in from, I believe, Northeastern, if I'm not mistaken. And this is where Pasha Alexander ended up. I mentioned him in the St. John's portion. He had a triple double. I believe, oh, I don't remember if it was Texas Tech or Cal. It was one of the two that went to overtime. He had a triple double. They are easily the surprise of the league. I, they're, they're fun to root for, too, because. I don't really have anything against Butler. They're just kind of there. Seeing them good is good for the league. They're a little thin down low. Another team like Seton Hall we could kind of expose down there, but they have solid veterans in Jalen Thomas and Andre Screen, the seven-footer at center. So, yeah, that's really all I got about Butler. I've really been impressed by them. That's going to be a couple of tough games. I think this is when we lose next is that game at Hinkle because now that they're good again, they're going to start getting fans in that place because I saw oh boy who was it somebody on Twitter went stopped at Hinkle before driving to Kansas if you're listening to this by the way I forget who it was I think it's Basil shout out Basil for driving all the way to Lawrence anyway but he stopped there he said it was a good atmosphere um, but I think I think that'll be the next time we lose I mean I don't want to bring any negativity but it just makes sense you know Butler's decent again we're going to go into this game probably not thinking much of it and I think it'll be the next time we lose but but Butler's, like you said, easy to root for. But I can also see them actually doing damage in this uh, in this conference because of their guard play. So it's it's going to be interesting to see how things play out. But they're they're one hundred percent the most sneaky team in this conference. And it's really nice to see you know kind of Butler do good again in a way. I mean, obviously you don't want them to be the toughest team you got to face all year. But um, it is good for the league. It's good to have more teams. Competing, you know, how many teams did we have in March last year? Five, four, five, you know, maybe five or six this year. It'd be great. So 
love to see Bully do good. I don't really have too much to say about him. Um, yeah, uh, hopefully we don't lose that game on the road. <laughs> yeah, I don't believe we've ever lost to them in program history. It's not many games, obviously. I believe it was just the national championship in 2011, and then every time we played him in the Big East since he rejoined. But it, I, I don't think they'll lose at Hinkle Fieldhouse, but it wouldn't surprise me if they did. Uh, they're 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 gonna be a tough team, like you mentioned the guards. I feel like you need good guards to win in in any any type of basketball. But they got a bunch of good ones. They even got some off the bench. They have a shooter, Davis. He's been lights out. He came over from I believe UC or if I'm one of the UCs, I don't remember which one, but he's been a great shooter for them. But yeah, Butler, they're gonna be a tough team. Another team who has always kind of played us tough. They beat us in Gamble last year. The Xavier Musketeers. We play them in both our games in January away on January 10th and at home January 29th. Their net ranking is 65. Ken Palm for them is 41. So they're probably consensus top 50 right now. They're two and three versus their top competition. They beat St. Mary's and they beat the Crosstown rival Cincinnati. They lost, they've had a tough couple, not tough losses, but like really games they shouldn't win and didn't win. They lost to Purdue. They lost to Houston. And then I guess Washington, they probably should have won that one, but they lost to Washington. They also lost to Oakland and Delaware at home. So, like, this Xavier team I don't think is very good. They have no size at all. They're expecting to have Zach Fremantle back. They're expecting Jerome Hunter back. Fremantle has a foot injury. He's missing most likely the whole year. He was kind of banged up last year, too. I remember after our game where he killed us, he hurt his foot and didn't play again the rest of the year. He's probably not playing at all this year either. And Jerome Hunter, who was their sixth man, he was like a power forward type. I, I'm sure we all remember him. He had like some cardiac issue or heart issue in the offseason. He has not came back yet, and they don't really expect him to. So with those guys out, they really don't have much size. And I don't. they're not a great team, in my opinion. They they got decent guards. Quincy Olivari is very underrated. He's averaging over 17.5 points per game in the Rice transfer and Desmond Claude, the New Haven, Connecticut kid, he's averaging over 15, but the rest of the roster isn't great for Xavier. I mean, uh, Quincy McKnight, the transfer point guard from Western Kentucky, hasn't really been as advertised. But I feel like this is a game, or games when we play them. Donovan's going to feast like we're playing New Hampshire and go for 25, 26 points. I feel like that's just the type of front court that Xavier has. They're not deep, Edie. Expose them as Edie exposes everyone, Zach Edie, but he really exposed them. But yeah, what do you guys feel about Xavier? Obviously, they beat us, didn't they beat us twice last year, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they beat us. They ended our winning streak out in Cincy at New Year's Eve or the day before, and then we lost a home to them. So yeah, they have our number, but I feel like that'll change this year. Yeah, they smacked us around. Uh, I don't really care much for Xavier. They're not like one of the fun teams like Butler that we just talked about. <laughs> Xavier um, don't really have anything good to say about them. So hopefully Klingon drops 40 points and 40 rebounds on them and we sweep the season series this year. Yeah, I just want to see us beat the living crap out of them, honestly, because I'm still annoyed about last year, how they ended our winning streak and their fans called the Centos Center the greatest atmosphere in college basketball, which is not even remotely close to true, by the way. Um, and then game at Gamble, Andre Jackson started like 0 of 63 from the field, and they still almost lost. So, I mean, it wasn't a great win for them. I remember I was supposed to go, couldn't, roads were very bad. But I just – they had our number last year, and I just want to – like Matt said, I just want to slap them around 
kick their butt both times. Honestly, that's just what I want. I had forgotten that what happened at the beginning of that game. On they were like daring Andre Jackson to shoot threes, as most teams did and should have done because he wasn't a great shooter. He's balling out with the Bucks, though. Shout out to him. We'll have a whole dedicated episode talking about the NBA guys, how they're doing. But yeah, they dared him to shoot, and then before the under four or under sixteen timeout. I think he took he legitimately took four or five threes and missed all of them, and they weren't close. So obviously we made an adjustment, and we we got dug ourselves into a big hole in that game. They didn't they got out a little bit. I remember that was one of Hawkins's master classes he had last year, but wasn't enough. But next team we're going to talk about is a team that has in our wins. This is a weird stat I just remembered. I don't remember the exact number though. I think it's like out of our last forty two wins. 41 of them are by seven points or more, except one. I don't remember. It's 40-something. I don't remember how many. But the one non-two-possession, or the one two-possession win we had was at Georgetown last year. I mean, the Hoyas obviously have Ed Cooley now. They're ranked near 200, just above 200, 196 in net, 176 in Kempom. So obviously they're a little improved. But I found that stat crazy that we had pretty much won by three possessions. All of our wins, obviously we lost sprinkled, losses sprinkled in there, but all of our wins were by three possessions since like the start of last year's non-conference play, the start of that winning streak, except for the Georgetown game. That was kind of mind-boggling to me. But like I mentioned, Ed Cooley's there. Did he stab Providence in the back? Probably. But they're one in three against Power 5 competition. They beat Notre Dame, who's worse than not worse than DePaul, but they're in that category in the ACC. They lost to Syracuse, Rutgers, and TCU. They should have beat TCU. We've talked about that, I believe, on this pod before. They got screwed on a out of bounds that wasn't called out of bounds on a crazy buzzer beating three. But they got some guys. Jaden Epps, who's kind of been in and out of the lineup with an illness. He's averaging almost 19 points per game, the Illinois transfer. They got another guy, Dontres Styles, who couldn't crack the rotation. At North Carolina the past couple of years, he's averaging over 15 points per game. But they're not that deep. They really, when healthy, they only have eight guys that play, which we could obviously use that as an advantage towards us. They lost to Holy Cross, but that was like the first week in the season. Not saying they shouldn't lose to Holy Cross, but I'll give them a little bit of a pass. And I I, I kind of don't think they're as bad as people are making them out to be. Like, if we were ranking these teams, I mean, I have them above Seton Hall above Xavier and above DePaul in my personal rankings. So eighth place, which I, I they're still probably the bottom tier three in the Big East, but they're probably the best team in that bottom tier. What do you guys think about Georgetown? Obviously a team that's been historically bad over the past couple of years. Better now. Yeah, this game last year, I'm pretty sure it was the Joey Calcaterra game. Uh, that one that we only won by a few points. Uh, Calcaterra had to put a backpack on and throw us in it. Um, obviously this year with Ed Cooley, it's a different team, different philosophy. Uh, this is a trap game, hundred percent. Um, one of the two, I, I can see us losing. Um, other than that, they, it's nice to see them good as well, along with Butler, um, kind of buffing up the conference a little bit, even in it out. Uh, I think whenever we're at home, we'll be fine. But when we have to go on the road over there, it probably won't be pretty game. Uh, even if we do, and it'll probably be one or two possessions just like last time. So hoping for the Cam Spencer backpack game this year. I've got our Big East record at 
16 and four. And I'll tell you right now, one of our losses is at Georgetown. I'm telling you right now, it's going to be that one. We're going to lose at Marquette. We lose at Providence and at Butler. We don't lose at home once. We'll lose four road games. But anyway, that's for later. Um, uh, they're weird like every other team in this damn conference. They're just – they're not good per se, but they're not bad. They're just in the middle. And it's really just strange. Like I don't – I've never watched a team that is like Georgetown. But, I mean, I think we'll beat them at home. I think there will be somewhere in the 7-8 range in this conference. You know, we're not going to be able to trash on them for going 0-20 in conference play after winning the Big East Championship this year. Um, that new team is probably DePaul. But I think I think they'll be decent. They'll they'll do they'll win a game in the Big East tournament. That's that's what I think about them. Now, Matt, I was looking because I thought this was right, and I had to double-check, and it is. That game, the Joey game, that wasn't the six-point win. They played us tight twice last year. There was an 11-point win at home before Christmas. Obviously, we were tied or, I believe, down at one point in the second half. But out in D.C., it was like a weird, like, Saturday noon tip. It was – I remember Alex Caravan came up clutching that one, hitting some big threes. But Georgetown's played us tough twice last year, obviously, the national champions. And they have a – they're better this year. So, I – like Andrew said, he thinks they will beat us or thinks they can beat us. It wouldn't surprise me. I think we still – end up beating them twice but you never know now we get to a little more beefier part of the program obviously we're going in order of when we play these teams first so we kind of have an easy first five or six games in big east play but that ramps up on january 17th it's a wednesday night at home we take on the nine and two Creighton and blue jays we also play them later in february in omaha but they're ranked ninth in the net they're ranked 10th on Kempom. they're a top 10 team they're 4-0 versus Power 5 opponents this year. They beat Alabama. They beat Oklahoma State. They beat Nebraska, who's actually not bad this year, surprisingly. They've had a great year. They just won at Michigan State, I believe, and they only have two or three losses, and they beat Iowa. But they've been daddied by the Mountain West, man. I mean, Colorado State, who's a lot better than everyone thought they were. I, they might have even made the top 10 one week. They're top 15 right now, though. They, lost to Col- they got blown out by Colorado State and pretty much got blown out this past week against UNLV. So if Creighton moves to the Mountain West, they're kind of screwed, it seems like. But they're in the Big East, and they're going to be a tough team to defeat. Ryan Kalkbrenner is still Ryan Kalkbrenner. Trey Alexander, he's still Alexander. He's going to get you buckets. Baylor Shireman, he's no longer last year's Baylor Shireman. He is a lot better. He's he's close to leading the conference in points per game. He's also a great rebounder and distributor. He He's going to cause a lot of problems for us. He's a guy who we just stick Andre Jackson on last year and go ahead, just take him out of the game. But we don't have Andre Jackson this year. We have Stefan Castle. We have solo ball, but we don't have the defensive Andre Jackson to take out Shireman. This team, they make a lot of threes and they take a lot of threes, which obviously if it, if it works, why not do it? But even with Kalkbrenner down low, they're still pretty much a three-point oriented team, but they're just overall a really – good team obviously they were seconds away from the final four last year probably should have made it it was a controversial ending to that game for san diego state they're a great program greg mcdermott's a great head coach and these are going to be two tough games obviously they've owned us historically over the past few years we were one in six i believe one in five one in six one of the two so yeah creighton's owned us but i think this year will be a little better i lied we're we should just forfeit that stupid game that we have to play in omaha 
never going to win there. <laughs> but <laughs> it's just they are they're good again. I mean, they lost Kaluma, they lost um who we just played them hard, but I still think that Shireman is one of the best players in this conference along with Colbrenner. I mean, they're also very well coached, so I think I think we do what we did last year. We beat them at home, losing away. I mean, that's that's pretty easy to see, but I think they're my pick to win the tournament this year, the Big East tournament. As annoying as that is, I think just this is their year because these guys are tired of what's happened. I mean, obviously, I think they got kind of screwed last year, um, but these guys are tired of just the the verdict of what's happened to them. So I think that I think that we'll handle them at home. It's two dollar beer night, so we all know what that means. Um, but I still don't think we will ever beat them in Omaha ever. We could have the 1990s Olympics team and we still wouldn't win in that stupid shy health, stupid arena. <laughs> yeah, to me, Creighton seems eerily similar to how we looked last year. Obviously, they have a lot of returning guys who have the potential, you know, to carry a team deep in the march. Uh, Andrew said that he thinks they're going to win the Big East. I think they're going to be a team to make a deep run not only in the Big East tournament, but also uh, in March Madness. I think they can replicate their Elite Eight performance last year and, you know, maybe even go farther, make the Final Four, make the National Championship. They've got a lot of great guys going to Omaha is never, never easy. So I think that, you know, Creighton's going to be a tough one for not just us this year, but the entire world of college basketball. I can very easily see them making a National Championship game. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me either, but that would give Creighton fans something to say to us besides the fact that we're one in six against them. Even if we show them our trophy from last year, we're 14 or 11 or 4, 99. Nope, we're one in six for Creighton. They're the better program, but it's all fun and games with them. Creighton's obviously, like we've all said, a great team. I think they're clearly in that first tier. There's another team we'll talk about last that's also in that top tier with us. There's three teams in the top tier right now above the rest, a team that probably could be and probably should be in that top tier, but isn't one of the weirdest teams in the Big East, the Villanova Wildcats. We play them on the road Saturday night on uh, January 20th, and then we play them at home at Gamble Pavilion, another Saturday night home game, which I don't think we've had many of those. We haven't had those in a while, Saturday night home games, besides obviously the St. John's one coming up this week. We don't usually have Saturday night games at home, but uh, February 24th, we're playing Nova at home. They're net 47, Kempom 28. So they're they're definitely at the top of that second tier, in my opinion. But here's where it gets weird. They're 5-1 and one against top competition this year. They beat Carolina, who obviously we beat, and we know. They beat Memphis, who's currently in the top 25. They beat Maryland and UCLA, who are always respectable programs. They beat Texas Tech. They lost to Kansas State by one, and that was a game I believe they lost Justin Moore to injury, who I'll talk about in a second here. But I mentioned they're seven and four. How did you get seven and four if they're five and one against these top teams? Arguably one of the best resumes if you take out what I'm about to say in the country. They're 0 and three versus local Philadelphia schools. Obviously the the big five and technically big six now. But they lost to Penn. They lost to St. Joe's, who's actually kind of solid this year. They lost to Drexel, who they should not be losing to. It's It sucks we're not a Philly team, man. I mean, we'd guarantee a couple of wins here, but they're balanced. They're deep. They really hit it in the transfer portal with some of the guys they got. They got Tyler Burton from Richmond, Hakeem Hart from Maryland, forgetting somebody, TJ Bamba from Washington State. So they really nailed it in the portal. Obviously, they 
brought back Eric Dixon. They brought back Justin Moore, who just got a little banged up, but I think he should be fine in about a month from now when we play. But they're a weird team, but I think they're good. I mean, they have the wins they've had, they're certainly good, but they could also, they're a team that they could beat you by 20 or lose by 30. If we're UConn and we play them, we could either blow them out or they'll blow us out. There's no way around it, I feel like. But yeah, Nova, they should return to the tournament last year. Obviously, they missed it. But yeah, they're a weird team. Weirdest in the Big East, in my opinion. Yeah, 100%. But what's interesting here is the last time that Villanova came to Gamble Pavilion, February 28th, 2007. I was two years old. So it has been a long time since they came to Gamble Pavilion. And honestly, I'm going to be the one to say Hartford's not the same atmosphere as Gamble. Every, I think everybody knows that the smaller arena um, is just gets louder, quicker. Um, there's less seats. Students are more rowdy. I mean, I like watching games at XL Center. It still gets pretty loud there. I was at the Nova game. We were all there. It got pretty loud. But I think they're in for a, a rude awakening when they come into Gamble because, honestly, not playing somewhere for a long time like that is really like 16 years since they've entered that building that programs enter that building is just pretty weird and i think we handle them both times even in philly um i just think they're too inconsistent to beat a team like us that's just plain and simple i think we handle them both times yeah and nova's always a team that's pretty banged up i remember last year start of the year uh they they weren't healthy and they struggled a little bit, came to XL, we beat them. Uh, but I have a feeling that once they begin to get healthy, that they'll kind of ramp it up a little bit. I don't think they're going to be the elite contender this year, but they have been. But just due to the fact that they're Villanova, they'll give us a tough time. Really not much really to say, other than the fact that this is probably the first time I've wanted to be Temple University as a basketball program, uh, just so we can get that Philly run to continue to uh, go on, but I think we should be able to handle them uh, maybe a little bit easier than years past, but they're still Villanova, so you can't count them out. Yeah, that's pretty much exactly what I was going to say. You can't count them out because they've made Final Fours. They've won titles, even if it's a different regime now, Kyle Neptune, not Jay Wright. They're still going to be tough. We beat them twice last year, but like you mentioned, they were banged up. Cam Whitmore, who was obviously supposed to be a lottery pick, he fell a little in the draft, but – he was the big deal back in December when we played them last year. He pretty much his first or second game back, I believe, he came off the bench and barely played. Justin Moore was still returning from an Achilles injury. They were banged up a lot last year. Obviously, we still handled them. It, we beat them in Philly as well, which I feel like a lot of people thought could have been a trap game right before a Big East tournament last year. We beat, handled them in that one. But, yeah, this is one other team It wouldn't surprise me if we split. I mean, I don't think – I don't think any team's going to come into Gamble and beat us. Obviously, it happened last year with Xavier. I don't think it happened another time last year, at Gamble at least. But I don't think a team beats us at Gamble. XL could happen. I think it's bound to happen. I doubt. I personally don't believe we'll go 10-0 at home, even though we probably should. We'll get into our record. I know Andrew kind of already got into his record prediction. We'll do that after this. He can reiterate his picks. I know he wanted to make a change there after learning about Creighton being on our schedule. Um We'll finish. We've got two more teams here, two teams that are both 9-2 and two on the season, Providence and Marquette, who both ironically are playing tonight or yesterday, depending on when you listen to this in the Big East opener. We'll start with Providence. We play them on uh, January 25th at home, and then the final game of the regular season, March 9th. It's, I assume, their senior night at the Amp. It's going to be rocking. 
in that one, they're really going to want to beat us. They're, they're middle of the pack, I feel like, right now. They certainly are better than some other. I feel like they're better than St. John's. They're probably, even though right now, I don't know, but they're probably better than Butler. They're probably firmly that fifth best team in the Big East. Net 71, Kempom 51. They're right around that top 60 range that St. John's is in. They are 2-2 two and two versus top competition. They beat Wisconsin at home. They beat Georgia, but they lost to Oklahoma, who's very surprisingly good this year in the top 10, and they lost to Kansas State. But the metrics don't like them, like I said, around the top 60 consensus, but the metrics never do. I remember when they were going off, it was two years ago now, and they won the Big East regular season title. Kempom had them as the luckiest team in the country by a wide margin for most of the year. But, yeah, the metrics don't like them, but they just – they outplay them. Obviously, Bryce Hopkins is their best player. He hasn't progressed too much, but he still stayed on that same level of being the guy that's going to beat you if you end up losing. He's a guy that consistently gets you almost 20 points a night. Devin Carter has progressed a lot, especially shooting. He's kind of like their 3 and D wing, but he's also kind of distributing the ball a little bit passing-wise. He's certainly one of the best second options in the Big East. Kim English, the new head coach, we mentioned that Cooley's at Georgetown. He... I don't, I didn't know what to expect from him. Obviously, they're nine and two, so he's doing decent. He came from over from George Mason. He brought some players over from George Mason, including the big man Joshua Duro, who has been more than solid at fourteen points per game. But they always play us tough, Providence. I don't expect anything different with a new head coach. It's a lot of the same players. Uh, another another team. I feel like they could potentially split with us. Obviously, they beat us at XL Center two years ago, and we beat them at Gamble last year. So they're they split with us at home since we played since we rejoined the big East. So, but yeah, middle of the pack team, I feel like anywhere from that four to seven range, but closer to that five, maybe even four in the big East. Yeah. And what Kim English is doing there is honestly pretty good. Um, You know, losing Ed Cooley in the way that they did never is fun and kind of being put on the spot to kind of go find a guy is tough. Um, Bringing in Kim English though was great. And it seems like he's building more of a team there rather than a, a school who loves to go after top tier players and just shove them all in a lineup. Uh, Hopkins is doing great. Uh, honestly, I expected him to be in the NBA by now, but things don't work out. But that will work for Providence. Uh, just having that experience honestly puts them in kind of that four spot, like you said. I could see them even at three potentially. But you know, it's, again, it's Providence. They beat us last year. They could beat us again this year. So I, I'm very curious to see how those games go down. Honestly, when I saw that Cooley left and that they hired Kim English, I thought that they wouldn't be very good. But I think they're going to finish four in the biggies behind us, Creighton and Marquette. I just – I like the way that English is doing things. You know, people, obviously, our fans like to make fun of Providence, and you can. But I, I do like the way that he's doing things there. I just – I like the way he runs a program. I like the way he has his whole mindset thing. I mean, he brought in a bunch of transfers from uh, George Mason and still has our good friend Corey Floyd Jr. along with Devin Carter and Bryce Hopkins. They lost Bynum and Croswell. But they're not the same team as last year, but I still think that they can be – they can be pretty good. Um, Amp, I see us losing that one, honestly. I'm going to have to fix my whole prediction. But we'll we'll they'll be like Creighton. We'll beat them at home, losing away. Yeah, I agree. As much as I hate to say it, kind of previewing a prediction, I don't think we win 
at Providence. I feel like that's a game they have circled on their calendar since the schedule got released and probably even before that. That's gonna. It's always a tough environment. The Amps kind of like the XL Center in a way, where it's like the students are all right there. It's it's a tough, it's a tough place to play. We haven't won there yet. We only played there once because scheduling issues. We didn't play them the second time, that first year. Which is it is what it is. They were Obviously, scared of us. That's what yeah. it is. Yeah, we can get into that. How they had a tainted Big East title because they got to skip three of their games, three of their tougher games, but. That was two years ago. This is 2020, about to be 2024 when we play them. I feel like they're going to be a tough – I could see us not giving in in that last game, March 9th, Not like kind of like we're making the tournament or going to the Big East tournament. Let's focus on that. It doesn't matter if we beat Providence. But at the same time, it could be like if you lose to Providence, you lose your one seed in the NCAA. So it's obviously a big game. It's probably going to be a top 25 matchup, I'd assume, if Providence is as good as we're saying they can be. But yeah, moving on to a game that will certainly be a top 25 matchup both times we play, probably even a third if we match up in the Big East tournament, which I hope we do because it's great for our resume and great for the league. The Marquette Golden Eagles, a surprise of the league last year. Maybe Butler's this year's Marquette. That could be another topic. But Marquette, we play them February 17th for the first time. That is just under two months away, which is unfortunate because I want to, even if we lose to them, I just want to see high-level basketball like that we, we've split with them last year. Actually, no, I like we played in the Big East tournament. We lost two of three. We lost a close one of the Big East semifinals to them last year. They're net seven, Kempom six. They're AP poll six, I believe. They should be if they're not. There might be seven, but they should be six in the AP poll. They are five and two in Power Five conference games. They beat Kansas, who obviously we know. We lost to Kansas. They gave Kansas their only loss out in Maui. They beat Illinois. They beat UCLA. They beat Notre Dame. They beat Texas, who we obviously also beat. Their only two losses are to Wisconsin, their local rival, and Purdue, who is one of the best teams in the country right now. But they got a big three. Tyler Kolek, the reigning Big East player of the year, Cam Jones, and Oso Godaro. They're pretty much the same exact team as last year. They lost Omax Prosper to the draft, the NBA draft. He was a first-rounder. He's now with the Dallas Mavericks. But besides him, he's the only guy they really lost, and they brought in a couple of freshmen to replace him. But they're still really, really good. There's not much to say besides that. They're great offensively. Kolek's a great distributor. His assist numbers are down a little bit from last year, but his points and rebounds are up. He's averaging like 15, 5, and 5. But an underrated part of their game, Kolek, and also Cam Jones is their shooting. I mean, they're both shooting over 43% from three this year. Kolek, that's especially surprising. You don't think of him as a guy that lights you up from deep, but he has been. And there's a lot of big games in there, too. Like I said, five and two against Power Five. That's seven of your seven of your 11 games against top teams, even though Notre Dame's in there. Six of your 11 games are against top teams, and you're shooting 43% from three. That's impressive for Kolek. He's going to be... Tough to guard, as he always is. But I feel like combination of throwing Newton at him, throwing Castle at him, we should be fine in that department. But Marquette's a team that certainly is not going to be easy to beat home or away. Certainly tough away. We lost that game last year in early January. But, yeah, I'm really excited for February 17th. Got a few more games before that, though, but can't wait. Yeah, and, I mean, we all know how Andrew feels about Tadakolik. Uh, very, very strong opinions, but I, I think he's a great player. That big three is going to be definitely tough to stop. Just, it would be great to see two teams finish in the top five, uh, both from the Big East this year. 
I think that would be really cool. I mean, obviously, we won the national championship last year. You want to repeat, but you develop new goals in a way. The goal stays the same, but you develop new goals. And we got to win that Big East championship this year, either regular season or tournament. Both would be great. But Marquette, to me, is definitely our biggest opponent in this battle here. It will be one and two all year, us two. And I, I, I really think it might come down to us and them in the championship or semifinal. So, you got to get ready for that. You got to be ready for these guys. And it sucks that we're not going to be able to see them until February because you need to see them early and know what to do so that next time you see them, you don't make those same mistakes again. Yeah. And going off right off that point, it sucks that our first game against them is home because if we make a lot of mistakes in that one and lose against them, and then we got to go play them on the road, it's the opposite of what happened last year with us making the mistakes when we played them at their place and then. They came here and we spanked them. Um, yeah, you know, Colex good, but I think Newton and Castle can guard him pretty easily. Um, Marquette has the best defensive coach in the league, and Shaka Smart literally can't stay off the court still. But um, I I agree. They're going to be really good. I just – I don't see them losing a lot of games in the Big East, honestly. I think maybe us and Creighton will be the two that they lose to, but I – I just don't see them losing a lot of games just because of the way that they play, the way they're structured. Um, they're just – they're good. They're playing good. That's that's plain and simple. They're just – they're good. I think they're a lock to be at least a four, maybe three seed in the tournament this year too. Yeah, I think that kind of that wraps up all 10 teams we're playing. I know that was a little long, but – it's a lot to talk about. It's 10 teams. It was, we could go in depth about each one and talk 10 minutes about each, but we didn't. It was only around, I don't know how long it was, but that brings us to our predictions for the Big East standings. Where, where we'll place standings wise and what our record will be. I can go first. And if, if you guys want, you can say what games we lose. I feel like that'll be interesting. I think we're a solid second or third. I don't know which one depends on how the rest plays out. I think obviously Marquette and Creighton are right up there in that top three. That's pretty much consensus across the board. But I think we'll end up fifteen and five in Big East play, which, if I'm not mistaken, is an improvement from last year. I think our losses. I'll go from like most expected to least expected. I feel like at Marquette, at Providence, at Creighton, home versus Creighton, and at Xavier, five losses. That's my opinion. What are you guys thinking? I'm thinking something. Uh, slightly similar. I, I can see us losing four. I don't see us losing it at home. I can't see that happening just with the resume that we have from last year to this year. It doesn't look like much has really changed. We've just kind of replaced pieces. And we haven't, even on neutral sites, been really tested. Our only big loss in the past two years has been Kansas, to me at least, and I think that we go on the road and we lose to Marquette. We'll lose to Creighton. We'll lose to we'll lose to Butler, and we'll lose to Providence. Those four on the road. Yeah, I'm switching mine to exactly what Matt says. I mean, honestly, as much as I thought about, it, I don't. I don't think we we'll lose to Georgetown. I just don't think they beat us. Um, besides those four, maybe one. Oh boy. I don't know. I just I think those are the four that we lose. I, I don't think we lose at home. I don't think there's any any way. 
especially against Creighton on $2 beer night. Oh, God. No way. I just personally feel like 16, to win 16 out of 20 games in the Big East is a lot. I feel like you're due to drop them at some point. I can kind of see that Creighton game being similar to Xavier Gamble last year, where they get off to such a hot start, so hot, it's tough for us to even come back. But who knows? That's 28, 29 days away. I mean, I'm not saying we're going to lose that game. I feel like if we lose one at home, it would be to Creighton. I agree they have the potential. We have the potential to go undefeated at home. But I don't know. I feel like it's tough in this conference, especially you see teams picking each other off every night. Big East play starts tonight. Georgetown visits Butler. And I mentioned Marquette visits Providence. It's going to be a great doubleheader, great slate of Big East games. And I think we're just about finished here, unless you guys got anything else. You guys got anything? Another thing, I want to add this, and this isn't 100% set in stone, We'll call it 90% set in stone. After the Seton Hall game, we're planning on trying something new. You guys remember, you may or may not, you may have not been with us at that point in February last year. We were live for a game also, coincidentally, was Seton Hall. But we were live for a game, kind of watching comedy. We did it a couple other times, actually, I'm pretty sure. But the first big one was Seton Hall. And Polly on that one too, right? Yeah, yeah. Tyler Polly joined us for that one. Actually, that wasn't our first one. We were live for... The loss to were we live to the loss to Marquette? Yeah, Marquette. Yeah, we yeah, lost yeah, to Marquette. Yeah. I think that, that was, was the, the first time we did it. That was the first time we did it. We yep. did it only twice. I wasn't there for that. I was at a URI game. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we're planning on doing something a little different. We're not going to be live for the for the full game versus Seton Hall, but plans are as of now we're going to do a little post game show, kind of do a live, pretty much a live podcast, just talking about the game that just happened. You guys can tune in live and ask questions. Kind of a new thing we're going to try see if it works out it could be it could flop and it'll be the only one it could be something maybe try every game who knows but yeah look for that i'll certainly make it if once it becomes 100 percent, we're doing it if we do i'll certainly publicize it you guys will know you'll have the link to watch but yeah i think besides that that'll just about do it here episode 52 of how about them huskies a long one talked about gonzaga the big east it's going to be a fun year in the Big East, no matter what. I mean, if it wouldn't be fun if we win five or six games, but that means there's a lot of good basketball going on with the other teams. But, yeah, thanks for watching. Maybe we'll see you tomorrow night for that live stream versus Seton Hall. If not, we'll certainly try our best to get an episode out between Seton Hall and St. John's previewing that big game versus the Red Storm two days before Christmas. But, yeah, thanks for watching.